This is How Men Think with Brooks Like and Gavin DeGraw, an iHeartRadio podcast. Okay, so we are going to intro our guest for today's discussion. And Amy, you are sitting there just gloating. Because uh, I feel it's perfect timing with Valentine's Day coming. With Valentine's because Day you're coming. Sick in the head. <laughs> I, no, but I will. I will say this. I, I'm not planning on it or, any, by any means. But if I ever get divorced, it's going to be before Valentine's Day because I hate Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Dimitri just totally like explained or, what we're doing. Is that what we're talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, I thought we were talking about Valentine's Way so, to steal the punchline, dude. So I didn't steal it. I got it. <laughs> so it that is <laughs> that is Amy wanted to play some sick joke and do a divorce conversation prior to Valentine's Day. But it turns out there's an actual real connection at this time of year for that. Yes. Um, so Amy, do you want to introduce our esteemed guest? We are very lucky to have her here we with are. us today. So, and Laura, Laura Wasser is here. And I let's give that round of applause, Laura Wasser. So when I introduced Laura to you guys, I said she is literally, and I stand by this, probably the most well-known and prolific. Is that the right word? Let me divorce attorney in the country. Like a dubious honor. So I know when I wrote notes, I said your name is synonymous with divorce. How does that feel? (laughs) Congratulations! (laughs) Yay, she said. Um, yeah, it's uh, it feels great, you know. <laughs> when you think of a divorce and misery, you think Laura Wasser. People are gonna say I'm getting a Wasser. I'm getting a Wasser. <laughs> uh, no, I my my whole jam is just trying to educate people about not only right. divorce but about marriage and relationships, and how with better communication and uh, compassion, we can handle ourselves better in all relationships, but certainly if we're getting divorced, and particularly if we're getting divorced from someone with whom we have kids and are going to have to co-parent. Okay, so I'll give you guys a little background for our listeners on Laura. So she's an attorney, she's an author, entrepreneur, and a family law expert. She's represented a huge list of celebrities, Kim Kardashian, Ryan Reynolds, Anna Faris, Jimmy Levine, Maria Shriver, down the row. Um, But she maintains that divorce is the great equalizer in that it terrifies everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody. So she's made it her mission to, ch- to change this by creating It's Over Easy, which gives divorcing couples an accessible and affordable resource to dissolve their marriage in all 50 states. You're an author, a New York best time seller. Like, high five to that. That's amazing. That's really I wish cool. I could write that under my name. I just want to write Brooks Like, New York best time. Instead, it says best-selling. Brooks Like, mediocre podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amy. Wow. Amy. Oh. So you got a well, you hired me, Amy. So yeah, you're a mediocre yeah. podcast manager. Yeah. I just want to make a, I want to make a quick note. It's Jimmy Iovine. I uh, Iovine. Jimmy Levine. No, it's but, written as, but I have I a, don't know. I have a friend at school. Uh, his uh, buddy of mine. He has kids that are, and his Jimmy Levine. Oh. So I don't want him to listen and people oh. think he's getting a divorce. Okay. Um, so anyway, one of the Surprise. most qualified people in this state and Amy why does this why does this conversation for you have never been married why does this excite you so much well, it doesn't excite me like Christmas you but seem it's like, kind of excited here's what I you think. had to take your coat off because you said you're already I did, sweaty. I was getting sweaty <laughs> because I think re- relationships fascinate me and I think that look 50% of marriages do not work so I think if we start talking about divorce we may make it easier for people that are going through it and we also could prevent it yeah. I think Laura has a lot of great input. We just had an amazing conversation for the last half an hour getting ready for the show about 
it's not about the divorce. It's about the relationship. I'll let Laura speak on it. But I would love to ask you, do you think marriage works? I think marriage works for some people. I think if you are a couple that has found your soulmate or found, even if it's not your soulmate, but it's your groove, your best friend, somebody you want to be with, God bless. I mean, I, I'm not, a, I don't want people to get divorced. But I also think realistically speaking, in 2020, there are people who have been married for a certain period of time and for whatever reason have grown apart. Things have separated them in some way. And I think it's healthier for individuals and kids to see two happy parents that may not be living under the same roof than miserable people but being able to say, yeah. but we've been married for 50 years. So I think if it's not working and we can't figure out a way to make it work, I want it to be easier for people, at least financially and um, legally, to split up. Then I think they can really focus on the heart and the mind and emotionally doing things in a kind of a mindful, cost-effective way. I've given that advice to one of my best friends in the world. He has four kids, um, eight, seven, six, and five. This is when I gave him this advice, but he this isn't his, me, is it? <laughs> he's giving us his—he's giving us the phone number. <laughs> um, but him and his wife were not happy. They were individually and as a partnership, just not happy, and it just didn't seem. And I told him, I was like, buddy, give yourself a chance at happiness. Like, and also these k- kids are smart. Kids will figure out exactly. that the, they know that there's an energetic disconnect between mom and dad. Like. They're already eight years old. They're figuring this stuff out already. Um, So I've given him that advice. Like, I think it's best for you as my friend, for you and for her to separate and move into a different chapter of happiness. Totally. And again, helping people figure out, A, how to get to that next chapter and then how to thrive in that next chapter. I'm sure we've all known somebody who's been through a divorce and they're just still so angry 10 years later. Women particularly, just they have that angry face. There's no Botox that can fix it. They're just still so pissed about their ex. I also want people to be able to move into their next chapter. Gavin's You know Gavin's some, of, you know some of those people, Gavin? Oh, that's great. <laughs> but... You know, to move into that next chapter in a healthy way. (laughs) I also know a huge number of very happily divorced people. Like they seem to be the happiest group of all the people. Yeah. I mean, you asked me if I've been married. I was married for like 10 seconds in 1993. Okay. When I was a baby, we didn't have kids. Right. But I have two boys with two different dads, neither to whom I was married, but, you know, talk about happy divorced or happy separated. We all had Thanksgiving together a couple months ago. Everybody was there. My kids, their dads, my current boyfriend, his ex-wife was like, how the hell did I end up here? But it, it was lovely. Was this a planned, par- player? Was this a planned player? party? This was Thanksgiving. This was our Thanksgiving but, but, dinner. But it sounds like you just showed up to the same restaurant by accident. No, this was, was a planned thing home. for all of those people to it show up there. It was at my home. And actually, I lost my mom over the summer. which And oh. she always had Thanksgiving at her house in Malibu. And she always had mm. everyone there. Even though she's married to my stepdad for like 15 years, my dad was there with his wife. Like We were always very inclusive in our family. So that's mm. how I learned. And so when we would have Thanksgiving at my mom's all of the baby daddies and everyone would come so this year I had to do it at my house and so we had it at my house and we had all of the people there and look you know sometimes is it trying to have these relationships and smile and maybe fake it till you make it yes however one it was a it was a sad kind of melancholy Thanksgiving for me and these family members the, the fathers of my kids were there for me and were like we love you this is our family we, we all miss Bunny but two all of our kids my boyfriends included 
were so happy that their parents were at one place. I don't know how many of you are children of divorce, but having that Thanksgiving where like halfway through, you got to like get everything bundled up yeah. and go to the other person's house so that you can have dessert with that family. That's a right. pain. And that does not make you thankful. So everybody was there. We did it for the kids. I say to people all the time, right. you got to love your kids more than you hate your ex. Ooh, what a great Bro, line. Wow. That is a good line. I have that tattoo on my arm. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird. I have that tattoo. Also. <laughs> so Laura, this I really want to know from you because I'm 45, almost 46. I guess I am 46. I don't know. Are you actually 46? <laughs> yeah. I like that. Amy thought 45. we were the same age. She, she was like, we're the same age, right? And I was like, no, oh. we are not the we're same age. Close. I'm older. I love that you're just trying to dial it back one. Like, I know. If you're going to dial it back. Go back to 41. Well, 45. <laughs> I'm 45 and she whispers 46. It's like, eh, you're there. So I have a lot of friends who are, quote, what I call sticking it out. Like, it's not great. They are not miserable. There's no drama. Like, there's not constant fighting. It's just sort of dead in the water. What is your advice to those people who've been married 10, 12, 15 years? Couldn't even be less than that. It sure. Could, it could even be two years, sure. five years. Do Should people stick it out? How do you know when divorce is probably the better option or it's time to, like, pull the trigger and and move on? I don't know. I mean, I, I literally, unless you are being, you know, abused or you're with somebody who has a serious drug and alcohol problem and they can't, no matter how much rehab, they can't get better. I don't know. I mean, one thing is, and I don't think we all readily admit this, marriage is sticking it out. I mean, that's part of it. And if it's not his shit, it's going to be somebody else's shit. So it's not always just like <laughs> after the butterflies go away and, you know, the bloom is off the rose, you're like, I'm out. That is that is a very Hollywood way of thinking. I want the new or better deal. And I've seen that a lot of times. Mm. Men and women who come in and I'm like, wait, that looks just like your ex, but like 15 years younger. That's weird. Mm. Um, so I think that's part of it. Sticking sure it out not. has to do with maybe you don't stick it out. Maybe you figure out how to grow and evolve with this person rather than just I cutting think, and running. I think that's it right there. I think you need to continually evolve. You're going to change. I'm going to change in the course of my life. My wife is going to change in the course of her life. But also, I think people over time can develop some sort of indifference when there once there was an attraction. They can in, just develop an indifference and it's not staying connected enough to continue to learn and grow and accept your changes, accept their changes and also challenge each other. There's so many resources out there, seminars, um, all kinds of things, books, all kinds of things. You, there's areas in your relationship you can undoubtedly grow. And maybe there's just an indifference in people where they don't want to put in the energy to do it or they don't think they can. I don't think a lot of people in their marriage really, really truthfully communicate all the needs and desires and cravings and yearnings they have for themselves, for their partner, all of it. I think there's they lack a little bit of courage there to share those things that could really actually keep people together and like light their marriage on fire. Yes. And it's work. I mean, it's like yeah. we all go to the gym because we want to stay healthy, we want to stay toned, we want to stay weird. You may have to do that, whether we it's do. therapy. <laughs> well, maybe not <laughs> all. Gavin does it. But, Gavin but, mentioned he put on his shoes there about yeah, a month he, ago. He bought sneakers. <laughs> I passed hey, the gym on the way over here sneakers today. Sneakers haven't arrived in the mail yet. <laughs> no, I love what Brooks is talking about because I think a lot of couples, and Laura, you probably know this because people have to tell you all their tales, is that they really let their connection go when they let their 
intimacy go. Yeah. Because we know tons of couples that haven't had sex in a year. And it's like, if you have that, one of the things is like, you got to get that back because that is connection. And then the marriage can improve as opposed to saying like, it's dead. Let's just... That's true, but, but there's also people, there's something also to be said about growing apart, and there's also something to be said about, I think sometimes people, when they get into a marriage, um, they probably, you know, sacrifice certain things and maybe change who they are a little bit, and then as they get older, they say, you know what, I wasn't that person, but I was being that person. So I think it's not always about reading books and, you, like, everything can be saved. Well, again, but you could go to your partner and say, listen, these are some of the things I really was super passionate about when we got married and I let them go by the wayside for whatever reason. We had to move to a different state. We had kids, whatever it is. He or she has to be willing to go, I, I hear you. I like that. Let's work on those things too. I mean, you have to have somebody on the other end going, yeah, I'm willing to explore those things yeah. with you. You can't do it alone. It takes two to tango. So if you are willing to put in, it's the hardest job you'll do. They say being a parent, being a parent and being married, that's like, you know, you and you do. You really have to focus on it. And if you're doing it but the other person isn't, I what, thought the purpose what's that? of getting married was to improve your life. Oh, I no, thought the purpose right. was... I mean, I'm not married. So I, I thought the whole purpose of getting married was the partnership of essentially improving each other's lives. So so if you're telling me that the two hardest things you're ever going to do are having kids and maintaining a marriage, doesn't that sort of defeat the whole purpose of no, what the marriage is supposed to be? It's also which the is most rewarding. to improve each other's lives. What about, what about it doesn't you? come easy. What about your career? Your Hard, career, right? your career is like I gotta maintain. I got there's things. It's it's not just no. About my career maintain. is an absolute joy. Yeah, yeah, but there's there's grind work in there. There's things that you probably don't I'm, like. about I'm it. happy to do all of it. And, and in a marriage, you're it's the same thing, man. You have the same. Barely ever do life. I think to myself, oh, I have to. Oh, with my career, no, it, it almost never happens. So it's the same so, thing. So so people a feel that marriage. way about in in marriage. Yeah. Oh, yes. I have to. Oh, 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 I have to change they the do diaper. But the then you have a clean baby, and you're so psyched. I mean, that's just really what it is. It's the parenthood is a better analogy to be like it's the hardest thing you'll do, but it's also the most rewarding. And we could say the same thing about having a marriage. That Tell really me about is the joy of the diaper. <laughs> There's like, no joy oh, of the I've got diaper. Valentine's Day's coming. There's no joy oh. of the diaper till the diaper is gone and the new diaper is oh, on. Oh man, I was. Again. What a joy! <laughs> I, I, <laughs> oh my lord! I <laughs> kick this diaper and see what Gavin, comes out of it, Gavin. I don't think but it's. Amy, I like Amy's question that she brought up a while back. Was like, what, what point do you then decide? Let's get divorced after you've gone through. The therapy, maybe it's five therapists or, or whatever that may be, you know, like. Right. And again, people come to see me all the time and I, I will never be the one to tell them that it's time. But when they come to me and say <laughs> it's time, then what I try to make sure that they are doing is educating, getting their education of what this is going to look like, what other people have gone through, getting a support system for yourself. So many people come to me and they have no idea even what the law is in this state. So the they right enter, sofa bed to they, put in the apartment they're heading into. Right. Well, Jennifer Convertibles has I a deal right now. I want to know what Laura thinks of nesting. Do you Wait, what is that? I don't even know. So nesting is, I mean, it's people have been doing it for a long time, but it's really become kind of a trend in family law. It's when the kids stay in the family residence and the parents kind of shift out for custody. Oh, I've heard of that. Okay, so 
I think it's great if it works for the family, and I think it's great for a short time. I don't think it usually works forever, although I read a story about a Canadian couple, actually, that has been doing it for like seven or eight years. They actually built like two apartments on to either side of the house, and they just like rotate out and go into these apartments. Yeah, Canada, innovative people, creative, like it. Wonder who mows their lawn? Those are my people. But but I think it's really good, particularly during the process, and maybe for like the first you know six to twelve months after, because it's good for the kids, and they don't have to keep moving and packing and going. Um, And I think if the people can get along and have somewhere else to go, either they rent one apartment that they both go to on their off time, but you have to be super, super considerate there too. Cause like if you show off on, show up on your off day and there's like used condoms, that's not like, you gotta, can't, there has to be no, some kind of, tough, right? Uh, not good. Or you each, ones are okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, you may, yes, because they're still available to you. Um, here's a question for you. people not to use condoms? <laughs> this is. That is what my entire, that's, this is my point of the podcast is do not use condoms. Laura Wasser. <laughs> Laura Wasser. Um, Laura, here's a question for you. What a lawyer. Serious question. <laughs> Serious question I'm for you. I'm going for the paternity route. I really like to <laughs> generate some business. I'm sure. Next a generation. side hustle. Um, a side hustle. So you make your living in this space of, of dealing with divorce. Has that in any way crept into your life, bled over into your personal life, where you feel cynical or negative or anything about the connotation of marriage? Or are you able to compartmentalize? Compart- mental compartmentalize 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 this is what i do for a living and i still have my beliefs and i believe in marriage here or this is what i do for a living and i really don't believe in the sacrament of marriage i am a great compartmentalizer i believe in marriage for some people it's not for me like there's no reason for me to get married i'm in a very committed wonderful relationship right now i'm not super down with the state of California being able to say what happens to my money or who I would owe money to if we ever split up. Um, but you could do a prenup. You I could do, do a prenup. Prior to that. I could do a prenup. I just, you know, it, I don't need it. For me and for my significant other, that's not something that we need. But I love a good wedding. I believe in marriage. I think it's important for people. Um, I don't believe you have to get married to have kids, obviously. Like people say, yeah. oh, well, I wouldn't ever want to have kids if I wasn't. That's not for me. But again, one thing you get good at in my job is not judging. I don't judge other people because everybody has their shit. Everybody has stuff. You never quite know what's in somebody's past or what's going on behind closed doors. So you try to listen and you try to problem solve. Question. Because you've seen so many different versions of failed relationships, the second you're in a relationship with someone and you see any similar stories happening in your relationship do you assume it's headed towards the direction of the stories you've already seen and encountered no no i really don't i mean look i'm 51 years old i've been in relationships for a long time as you said i've seen a lot of relationships Mm. i think everything that comes my way personally and professionally is new i also think there's only a certain amount of things that can go wrong. I mean, I've now heard, I thought, pretty much everything. And you can see red flags in any relationship or any marriage. But like I said, if I'm watching somebody else's play out, I never know exactly what's going on. They don't say, well, I won't be able to pick you up at at, at yoga because such and such, and you're thinking, 
Mark versus Tina, 2017. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this no. is going bad. I, no. I, I'm going to get a call in about Here three months. Again. It's over. Yeah. No, you know what? I have, I have enough of my own relationship history that I could just go... Josh, 2009. <laughs> Good for you, Laura. I like you. We're gonna get. We're gonna have. Hold on. We'll get. We'll, we gotta take a quick break, and then we're gonna dive more into Laura's story after this. But this is kind of a fun topic here. Okay, we're back from break, and Again. the timeliest podcast we've ever done. A divorce one. Happy Valentine's <laughs> Day. Amy, Amy just wants to ruin everybody's Valentine's Day here with a divorce <laughs> podcast prior to Valentine's Day. Uh, but Amy, you had a real exciting question you so wanted to I get to. I listen to Laura's podcast. So Laura has a podcast right now, which she'll tell us about, and then she's coming to iHeart. Yeah, welcome. Hi. welcome. Hi. So happy okay. to have Laura hey, hey. here. And it'll be very similar to her podcast now, but just broader and better yes so i learned this on your show that set and i might be getting the stat slightly off but it's all whatever <laughs> semantics 70 percent of divorces are filed by women and i thought that Ooh, was, it was a interesting. very interesting conversation that you can tell us about but um you sort of tied it to women are the ones who have this emotional connection and when they finally just cannot take it anymore they will file whereas men are have a little bit of an easier time sort of just rolling with it and they maybe they golf or they go out with their buddies and they aren't so sort of distraught over the the emotional breakdown of the relationship yeah i mean one of the things that i do and we talk about on divorce sucks which is the current podcast it will become all's fair same feed um but on iheart all's fair was just a little broader and had more to do with all different kinds of relationships but we talk about a lot the difference between men and women. And people always assume that I represent more women. I actually represent more men. You just, I guess, hear about more of the women. But so many men will come to me and they'll have their divorce papers that their wife filed and served them with. And they'll be like, I thought everything was fine. I mean, I, what happened? Like, I mean, yeah, it wasn't great. Well, when was the last time you had sex? With her? Yes, with her. <laughs> you know, and, or, or like they just, you know... I think men, and again, this also is goes in line with men that are w working men, okay? So I don't always represent men or women, but I almost always represent the breadwinner. The working person, the breadwinner, is often the one that's like, I don't know, it's not perfect, but it's good, and I love him or her, and it's working. It's sometimes the person that may not have as much going on during the day that's going, I'm not happy. And I want to think about why I'm not happy and how I could be happier and what would happen. And again, no judgment. It happens that a lot of times women are the ones to file because they are kind of the organizer in the relationship. And so they're now we're going to get divorced. I have had women not only file, but help their husband find their attorney and then help their husband find and furnish their entire new home or apartment because that's that's what they do. Wow. It's just move, like they got moving out. Move them out. I want to move on. And once I get you set up, I can do that. Yes. That's Amy, I have a question for you because when you asked this question, it made me think of a question. You said that, and maybe it statistically is true, 70% of w women are the ones that file or of divorces are filed by women. I thought about how, so I'm thinking about how you exit a relationship. Is it also the same as how you enter a relationship? So that maybe, maybe, and I'm not trying to generalize or paint women with a broad stroke here but do women enter a relationship for a deeper emotional connection than men men maybe enter for a different purpose and then that's also why when that falls out the woman chooses to exit that lands 
very well on me. I would say that's a thousand percent accurate. That women are kind of the drivers of both the in and the out. Because of the, because the emotion plays such an important part for women, in my opinion. And and the definition, defining it, saying like, okay, so wait, are we yes. are we monogamous? Yes. Are we this and we're this? And they have to define it in a way that makes more sense. And I think the connection is so, for women, it, and people can email us and call us and tell us, but for women, the connection is emotional. The emotion, the sex, all of it creates the relationship and the connection. So as it starts to dissipate, they are seeing the relationship fall apart. Whereas men, I do think, have an easier time as the relationship is very secondary to them. I have my golf, I have my job, I have my kids, I have my life. And yeah, you're, you're okay. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Why is that different for men? Is that men? what men sound like if, to <laughs> you? A lot of golfers. Like, is that really? A lot of golfers. Oh, the golf thing is really flying heavy here. Yeah. I've never been out with a golfer before. Do they really like it that, <laughs> that much? Yes. Okay. I, I find Apparently that Apparently Amy quite... only dates golfers. <laughs> well, I used to I only date a... water polo players, but I've switched it to golf. Because yeah. you were a Kappa. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, let me get your guys' no, I, I take a, I on this. I have a question, or not a question, but a comment about that. I feel like girls and women in general, when all of their friends are getting married, they will then rush into, there's like a social pressure yes, yes. to jump in to a relationship just to get married. Or We've definitely I disagree with that. Too. I disagree to, with that. Oh, I think I, it's I, a thousand percent true. I think it's like 996%. One million. I, I disagree with it. I, I, I don't know anybody in my head that's going, oh my God, and maybe I just don't know, but like, oh my God, everybody's getting married. I I need to find somebody and just... Dimitri, what do you think? I think you're on I my side. I think they're currently dating somebody and they're like, let's get married. When are we getting married? When are we getting married? I don't that get that. Oh my God, Brooks. I have many friends that panic married. They were like at what age? Hold on, in You're their in panic their married, tw- I love late twenties, early thirties. Really? Because yep. every one of their friends, we were Rick and I have all the same friends. They all did it, and they married like a giant tool bag because they were so desperate to get married. Because in our society, you feel like a giant failure if you aren't married and don't have kids. Uh, does that work? Wait a on, does that work on no, the opposite? It does. And that's, our 40. that's a very good point. It works on the opposite. It works on the opposite. We see a trend among friends. People get divorced they and they're like, you know what? And then I, you I don't see the whole married. domino toppling of these of these groups of friends. And I've seen that here in LA. I've talked to people in New York. One of the reasons when we created It's Over Easy, which is this online website where you can get divorced for $1,500 much less than what I would charge you at my office. But the main point of it was to also have a community. So you join that community. There's a whole bunch of content so you can read about it, reach out to other people, listen to podcasts about it, have you know group chats so that you don't have to then convince your friends that you're having dinner with tomorrow night to get divorced. You could talk to somebody <laughs> across the country that's getting divorced. You know, yeah. and, and also a ton of resources so that you can either find mental health, find childcare, find insurance if it's not available through your employer, find dating apps, and also find, you know, you could sell Dates. your engagement ring yeah, online. Straight into yeah. dating apps. Yeah. Oh, service. Say, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Right into the oh, you're getting app. divorced too? Oh, hey, what's going yeah, on? Hey, so what do you like? Yeah. Sure. You live in New York, so I'll be there next <laughs> what do you think of a mediator? I love mediators. I would say that at our firm, probably 80 to 85% of our divorces are mediated because it's just prohibitively expensive both financially and emotionally to have a trial and to go to court and our courts are so clogged so find a mediator which is a neutral party that has some experience we use a lot of retired judges 
I now do some mediation too, rarely where I'm the mediator and I represent and I work with both parties to do it because I've been doing this and long then do enough. They have I know how. You don't have to get how. attorneys on top of that. You don't have to. Okay. So you you could, and you could both have consulting attorneys, but it still makes it easier. Then you don't have to run to court and get like a slamming of the gavel verdict. You could mm. have somebody say, you know what, this is what will probably happen. How do you feel about this? And it's really helpful because the other thing is, especially in a divorce, it's like no other kind of lawsuit. If you're in a landlord tenant lawsuit or a fender bender, you want to get the other person. You want right. to win and you want to smash them, whatever. We can't really do that in a divorce. You might feel like you want to, but one, this is your money. There's a pot of your money. It belongs to both of you. The more you spend and go out of the pot to the lawyers and the forensic accountants and the experts, the less you have for you and your kids. But two, and most importantly, after the fender bender, you're never going to see that person again. After the divorce, you're going to see the person at the parent-teacher conference. You're going to see the person yeah. at the birthday party. you got to figure out a way to get along with them. Thanksgiving, yeah. if you're in my family. Yeah. Get, and getting wassered can be expensive, yes, so it's probably better to do that way. Do people yeah. not get divorced because of money? Where they stay yes. together because they are like... Cheaper I'm, to keep her. Have you ever heard that? Oh, yes. I, no, oh I'm good. I'm that's great. Really good. Wait, I have this great joke. Why? Great. What's what is it? The Barbie, Barbie, the Barbie Dream House. Barbie Dream House comes with all the accessories: the Dream House and the clothing and the wardrobe and the RV. And Ken just comes by himself because she took everything. Or some joke about that. He certainly does. You're Ken. <laughs> have so you Gavin, ever seen a Ken doll? Ken. It doesn't have anything. Gavin, do you? feel sort of like I do about marriage because we've seen divorce and we don't want that. So it's like, why? I'm not, I'm not afraid of marriage at all. I, I, I'm just afraid of divorce. I think that, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't be so terrifying if divorce wasn't incentivized. The reality is that divorce has become completely incentivized in Western civilization, period. And, and it's just, it's financially uh, bizarre that you would reward a failing system. And you think that we reward it because she gets half your money. Doesn't have to be she. In his case. Okay. Well, you know, it's bizarre to me that we we would reward failure. In almost no other structure do we revo- reward failure. So why would you reward failure? How, two, okay, I take issue with two things. One, I don't necessarily think it's a failure, but let's leave that alone. Why? Who's being rewarded? I'm saying if there's a high earner and right? a low earner. Okay, and, but, the, and the relationship doesn't work yet. Okay, so here's how maybe change your way of thinking a little bit. And I'm not saying yeah. I agree with the law, but the law is okay. when you get married, yes. the high earner yes. is earning money from community efforts, which means it's already half her money in this hypothetical situation. Okay. So we're not rewarding her. She already owns half of it. I'm not saying... She's taking her half and leaving the party. Right. Okay, here's a question. So I don't know all about the law here. You do. Right? Yes. I'm just looking at it from this distant, distant window, right, of people that I know who have had divorces and it's been very costly, okay? People who maybe have had, been married for five years, they had a kid, and and the sort of, the, the, the ex turns into an absolute terror and greedy and absolutely torments the, the ex, waving the the power having the power of waving the kids in front of them and really weaponizing things that shouldn't be weaponized agreed right so have you seen that totally that's why i do what i do i want to change that and that's what i'm talking about so we're 
re- rewarding people for walking away from the system that was supposed to be helping each other. And you may think I'm wrong saying that, but I, I've seen I've seen that with people that I knew, friends of mine, who I felt like they were just getting raked over the coals. Right. You know, I felt like they got maybe someone took advantage of their financial situation. They were, you know, they were lonely essentially, working their ass off and providing, you know, essentially living a good life and found someone that wanted to do that with them right. and got used for that essentially. Yes. Do you and know again, what I mean? I, I will say to people that kind of hypothetical that you explain, I'll say, you created this monster. You took her in, you started providing her with this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. In the situation you described, mm-hmm. he'd only be paying spousal support for about two and a half years, half the length of the marriage. Mm-hmm. I know it's not nothing. Mm-hmm. And he's likely not paying much more than what he was paying for her to have that lifestyle anyway. It's just that, yeah, it hurts when you're writing a check and it's going away. It's different if you're writing a check and it's all happening under your same roof. Mm -hmm. If you're all in Cabo, you don't quite mind so much than if she's in Cabo with your kids and you're paying for it. Do you see more and more women who are having to pay spousal support? Yes, spousal and child. And again, they come in and they're like, what do you mean? This guy's been Mm. sitting on the couch for 15 years. I want this albatross off from around my neck. I'm the woman. I shouldn't, you know. And I said, well, the law is gender blind, honey. You're Th- that, sure That's how I support. feel. It should, it should be totally it gender blind. It is. And it um, is much more in California now with regard to custody, too, of kids. I mean, people mm-hmm. come in and say, well, I'm the mom. I should have the kids. And I'm like, yeah, not so much. The kids right. have a right to right. have access, I think, equally, if possible, based on timeshare and careers and sure. location with both of their parents. Sure. I love your approach. Yeah, Just mm-hmm. listening to you talk, I love your approach yeah. to a very sensitive and tough topic. I have two really quick topics before we go. One is, and I think we kind of addressed it, is conscious uncoupling. Mm-hmm. Right. Much better than unconscious coupling, which sometimes <laughs> happens like right after the separation. <laughs> okay, dive into that. Dive into also, the term of conscious when uncoupling. When you think Chris Martin made it famous but i've interviewed the woman who wrote the book about conscious uncoupling yeah and i think it's actually quite um if you really dig into it and read the book it's basically what laura was talking about how everyone's at thanksgiving Mm. the goal is to make it i I don't know you can explain it i'm sure you have couples that attempt Mm. it but it's um keeping the relationship good for you and that person and children if they're involved because it shouldn't have to be so ugly B- basically it's the marriage didn't fail it it worked and now you're going to move on you're changing well, mm-hmm. how your family functions you're still a family mm-hmm. but you're changing the way oh, you approach time. your familial mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. it's what you said before do you hate your ex more than you love your kids right I'm, i would hope not right so there's no reason to not try and make that situation I think conscious uncoupling is what I try to do now in all relationships, <laughs> not just marriage, because it's like, why should it be so ugly when maybe it was beautiful and then like for a variety of reasons, some beyond my control, it doesn't work out. Amy well, has say, Thanksgiving with all her ex-boyfriends. Exactly. I say everybody. <laughs> it's like, this is It'd your like life, the, Amy. The we're last going, supper. We're going to the Walkers next year. <laughs> <laughs> but I really, I mean, if you, if I, I say to people all the time, you're going through this 
Think about something that you really used to love about this person. He was in the delivery room with you holding your hand while you were pushing out those babies. I mean, there has to be something that got you into this relationship, Mm. made you fall in love. Tap into that. Because the other thing is, if you're so consciously hating on your ex and you have kids, that same energy you were talking about before, Brooks, that's in the house, carries through. And your kids go, so wait, I'm half that guy or gal right. and he or she so hates that guy or gal wow, yeah. how do they feel about me yeah parents should not bring the children into the argument or even have the argument in front of the kids yeah. they they feel it they hear it they are what do you so- do say kids turn around <laughs> well, Listen. Have, go outside we have Small someone house. that works with us she's 24 years old and her parents drag her into all their arguments oh. lame yeah. brutal you start to hate what what that's that's not. I can't imagine what it's like. My parents have been married now. We celebrated their forty fifth wedding anniversary this past summer. Mm. My wife's parents are divorced. I can't imagine what it would be like as a child to know your parents being divorced. Are, are any you know, of your parents? My parents divorced? got divorced when I was young. I was like four when they split up. Yeah. Um, and I was the last of five kids. But I'll say this: times have changed in the sense that when I was little. I used to think, and maybe I've just matured, when I was little, because of that, my parents did not get along for so many years. It was brutal. Um, so when I was little, I used to think that's the worst thing that can happen to, to a marriage is, or to, to a couple is the divorce. And now that I'm older and I see how it affects kids and all this type of stuff and I live through it, I think the worst thing that can happen is to have a loveless marriage and, and fight and, and stay together. But So I don't think divorce mm. is the worst thing anymore. But I think to be fighting like that the way I grew up, it was very difficult. Can we quickly touch on right. the gray divorce? <laughs> the gray divorce. What's the gray divorce? The gray, gray divorce is also speaking it's of we're talking about anybody like over saying du jour. Anyone over fifty that gets divorced is the gray divorce. And so. it's more and more common. Right. And those are now the people that I graduated from <laughs> high school with. But um <laughs> the gray divorce, again, it's either people who have empty nesters, their kids have grown up and left, or I, I think one of the statistics is second marriages have an even higher divorce rate than 50%. Like if you've already been through it once, you're like, eh, divorce, I'll do it again. For me, the divorce is Al and Tipper Gore. Like they were married for like 50 years and they were pretty old and then suddenly they get divorced and you're like, why bother? Why, right, why bother? But why why do you ask that question? Because you're saying what their happiness, the remaining years of their life doesn't matter? Well, (laughs) that's that's why I'm bringing it up. I think people are living longer and so (laughs) they're they're, they're more willing to get divorced in their 60s right. than they used to be. I mean, I've had people come to me last year in 2019. I actually had three divorces where the parties were 80 or older. Wow. And that's when wow. I was truly like, I was wow. like, why bother? And actually, there <laughs> is there is some there, <laughs> free advice. Here you go. <laughs> Yeah, the fight was over uh, the settlement was about who gets to keep the medicine cabinet. <laughs> and there are there's some laws though if you die when your spouse when you're married versus dying when you're divorced. There's all kinds of tax benefits. So I'm like, well, maybe you wait it out. How, you know? So I mean, but but yes, it is because people are saying I only have this much time left and I really want to be happy. I'm not going to do this for one more year. I mean, it is true when humans only lived until like 30, it was a lot easier to stay married <laughs> right. for your whole life. Right. My sure. grandma did that. My grandma got divorced and ended up dating a new person, actually the first person she ever dated in high school, and was amazingly, oh, wow. amazingly oh, love incredibly it. I love happy. those stories. She oh, was so baby. happy. He ended up passing, but she was so happy during those years of her yeah. life. 
have a question. Wow. I think wow. that's that's really cool. I do love those stories too. When when you realize that somebody from your past was that's pretty exciting. I have a question though. From your observations, Laura, is there if you were to give just straight up advice, do you think there's an age that's too early to get married? Ooh, great one. I, it's hard to say because it depends on the people. I mean, I know you, there's some course, really mature 25-year-olds out there. Um, and then there's some super immature 42-year-olds out there. So but on knows? average. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We have how old Wait, exactly old? are you? <laughs> <laughs> Did you research Laura, it? No. Laura, stop it's looking at Gavin. Yeah. Somehow you... April 17th. <laughs> nailed his exact... Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know when your birthday She's like, they're sorry, usually but. rock stars. <laughs> Laura, here's a, because I I really, listening to you talk, I really respect and admire your approach to this topic. You aren't in it just to like make money and get people on their way. Like you actually care about all parties involved. You look at all scenarios and you actually care about people's happiness. So I want to commend you for all of that and how you handle yourself personally, professionally. That's amazing. Now, that being said, because I gave you that dandy of a compliment, I get to ask you this question. What is the ugliest divorce you have ever seen? You don't have to name names, but right. like, ugly, what is just... Like, ugly to them, because it was probably really nice oh, for you. Exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is the one where you just have a story? This like, tops the one that bought my all. house. This tops all. It's Alan Tipper Gore. No, ever. it's not Alan Tipper Gore. I did not represent either of the Gores. You know what it is? And these are these are the ones. There's uh, there's two to three that like really hit in my head. They all involve child custody. The child custodies are the soul crushers. And in all honesty, I would trade my house if I didn't have to go through those cases because you do you get very tight with people and you take on a lot of their angst and you see the true evil in people when they are fighting about their children. And again, oh, if there's allegations of mm. abuse or somebody wants to move across the country so you can't just do like two days, two days, three days of shared custody because they're living a few blocks apart. And it's those kind of things where you just, it is just, it it takes so much out of you. And those are the ugliest. They're by far, I mean, there's funny things where, you know, somebody throws a stiletto heel and it actually gets stuck in the door. Or this person <laughs> wanted to trade an STD test for a get, which is a Jewish divorce. Like, I'm like, that's a weird, you know, combo. But what? okay. <laughs> or poisoning of, you know, cats so that there's like diarrhea all over the white condominium when they gave oh. the cat back. Jeez. That stuff is funny, and that's the stuff that I'm like, I that's just made nine hundred and fifty dollars writing that letter. Okay, fine, but the kid ones are the ones that just are so so sad, and that's why I do it the way you said, Brooks. Try to approach it in a way that I really want to change the way people look at divorce what? and try to make it better. And I highly recommend Laura's podcast. I've obviously never been married or divorced, and I. am addicted to the podcast. I think it's mm. really good relationship. I think well, Amy's. So more the podcast is called Divorce Sucks. It's called Divorce Sucks, but by the time this airs, it's going to be called All's Fair, like All's Fair in Love and War. It's Divorce. on iHeart. Check us out. I think Amy's a bigger fan of divorce than marriage. <laughs> like, if you could just get divorced, you would do that. <laughs> no, Without I think Divorce married. Sucks, but I'm a. I actually, I'm not. I'm Why a do big you call fan the, of the Wasser Machine? You know what it is? The Wasser Machine. Remember we called it Gavin a good time. Yeah. So here, here's what it is. This you is, go this in dirty, but you come out clean. <laughs> Mediators and vegetarians there it on is. the washer machine. It's like it's like when a product overtakes an entire category. So instead of saying search it, you say why don't you just Google it? 
Or you're like, can I have a Kleenex? Right. Like Kleenex is the brand name. Mm-hmm. It, it's Band-aid. actually a tissue. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh no! It could I don't be, like where you're you could going be, with this. Yeah, the, just wasser. <laughs> just get a wasser, honey. Here's just the thing. Wasser. I think we need you to know, get. I think like, we need to get wassered. Yeah, it's a it nicer be, term than divorce. It is. Yeah. Oh. Maybe we can. Yeah, that will change the whole image of Trademark it. Trademark that, that stuff. That right could now. be your legacy. I, I met that's this girl. A horrible legacy. Lord, <laughs> <laughs> just got wassered. Not bad, actually. Yeah. What if people are just like, I've been through two wassers already. I don't think I can do it anymore. Hey, I'm dating this girl. She, you know, she's wassered, but she ain't a kid, but she's great. <laughs> oh, no. What, oh, a dear. Dubi- what a dubious oh, honor. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, Laura, you're rad. You're totally yeah, you rad. Are, you are you so rad. Thank you for having me. And she me went on. to Cal. We Go, Bears. Bears. Go Bears. We went to Cal. We seem like a couple. Go We're Bears. not. We've never um, been wassered. It's because she went to golf instead of water polo. Okay, so Laura. I love my golfer. He is so great. Golfers are great. Because he's gone for eight hours during the day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, That's why we're so happy. So where can people get in touch with you, Laura? So the, the, old, the podcast now, as we record this, is called Divorce Sucks. The yes. new one's called All's Fair. It's going to be on iHeart anywhere. You get your, your podcast. Yes. But where, where can people, can... people besides my wife get in touch with you? Yes. <laughs> everybody, everybody except your wife can get t- in touch with me on itsovereasy.com. Uh, we have our Instagram, which is at itsovereasy. And uh, Laura Wasser Official is another Instagram. And we um, are also launching a post-divorce. It's called Next Chapter Series for people that have been divorced and they kind of want some tips on how to move forward in their lives. So all those fun things. Great. Amazing. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. Happy <laughs> Valentine's Day. Happy right. Valentine's Day, everybody. <laughs> so all of you listeners, You're there welcome. you go. There's a gift to you from our generous producer, Amy Sugarman. <laughs> shows how I feel about Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, my God. She, she's the Grinch of Valentine's Day. Poor right. boyfriend. Boy. But in real, that was a real he discussion. hates it, too. Oh, y'all no. hate it. I know y'all men hate I, it. I absolutely hate Valentine's for your Day. Rose dinner that's what you're looking for <laughs> um that was a, that was actually a really interesting discussion though like because it is such commonplace i know many people many people and have it in my family people that are divorced um and i never i never looked at it the way you looked at it i i do look at it that i want people to live happy and fulfilled lives i want that for every single soul but the way you look at the situation with such a sensitivity and a uh, kindness and authenticity and caring for the people involved i just i really commend you laura thank you very much i thank learned you. a lot here today thank, thank you. you me too um we thank i want to see the listening. house that that divorce bought though still yeah oh. right? don't you yeah <laughs> thank you very much for coming on we appreciate you uh look her up look up her podcast her new podcast and i hope you just love the iheart team our producers here tori danielle amy everybody involved with our our show east and our engineer everybody is just amazing and i hope you love the new journey um, and I'm really happy for you, but I hope I'm never on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Thank you very much. Thank you guys. Thank you everybody for listening till next week. Woo-hoo! Take care of one another, love one another, and we will see you right back here for another episode of how men think.